0: Now we move to the next incident. Um, And it has to do with the dividing of the garments. Then the soldiers, when they crucified Jesus, um, took his garments and made four portions, um, one for each person. Now that was, I think I've mentioned already, that's common pay. You know, I mean, you're allowed... Soldiers are allowed to do that uh, because uh, it, it, it's it's not a pleasant job to crucify somebody, and unless you're a very cruel person, you don't enjoy it. And so uh, they crucified him, and of course this is why um, they took his garments and uh, divided them, four portions, a portion for each. Soldier and the tunic. The tunic was seamless, woven from the top in one piece. So they said to one another, Let's not tear it. Instead, let's toss for it to see whose it will be. Thus, the scripture, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is just what the soldiers did. Now, that line in, in the psalm is describing the total. abject suffering of this person and uh, but it fits so powerfully into exactly what happened to Jesus and John spots that and and, um, talks about it you see Uh, and so uh, we have this um, I'm looking for my text now finally I found it Okay. First, uh, the high priest robe is described this way by Josephus, the Jewish historian. Now this vesture was not composed of two pieces, nor was it sewn together upon the shoulders and the sides, but it was one long vestment, so woven as to have an aperture for the neck, not an oblique one, but parted along the breast and the back. This is the high priest's garment. So, Everybody would know who was, knew the Jewish custom that what this cloak was standing for, you see. Then we have um, most of the fathers of the church point out that um, you don't tear the cloak of Christ. It's the church. And so, for instance, here's Athanasius. At this time also, the altogether wicked heretics and ignorant schismatics are in the same situation as the Jews who killed the Lord. The one, the Arians, and that they slay the word. That is, they deny that that Jesus is the eternal word of God, right? It's the Arian heresy, And the other, the Milesians, and that they rend the garment. They just walk off and start a new church. So they both are rending the garment of the Lord. Another text, what I'm trying to point out is, the fathers of the church see that sometimes it's a symbolic Sometimes it's, it's um, not. It's, it's, it's hard to know whether John intended this or not. But it's certainly a powerful image. Okay. Cyprian, St. Cyprian, in his treatise on the unity of the Catholic Church, quote, The sacrament of unity, the bond of indivisible unity, is made present in the Church. The garment of our Lord Jesus Christ was not divided nor turned, Rather, they drew lots to see who could put on Christ. The robe must be received in its entirety intact. It must be kept as a personal treasure. One cannot keep the robe of Christ uh, if if it comes apart to tear apart and divide the church of Christ. Now, there are other places in the Gospel of John where there's an allusion to the dividing of the people. The people were divided by Jesus' words, you see. And so, uh, this image of the divided church is um, very powerful. And uh, these soldiers unwittingly did it. The psalmist was describing what happens to helpless people. Either they're dying, or they're so poor and so weak they can't defend themselves, People just take their clothes. Or it could be that he's going to be executed and so they're going to divide up his clothes. This suffering man in the psalm is seeing that this is going to happen to him. And so that's why John says, you see, and this happened. That the scriptures might be fulfilled, which says, they divided my garments among themselves and for my clothing they cast lots. And this is just what the soldiers did. Now, I don't know whether we're sensitive enough to division to realize uh, what these great mystics saw in the division of the church. When the East and West split, the understanding between East and West gradually drifted apart so that when all this trouble begins in the East, the Near East, the Middle East, we don't have any cultural understanding of what's going on we go in to do our best but we go in with sort of a big booted feet when you really need little slippers i mean you know i mean would have been great at least in all this mess that we've gone through and still are going through over there call up the the bishop and say bishop how do you look on all of this get a view you see but we don't talk to the christians of the east we're doing it now thank god but you see, that plan of Satan was to divide the church. It was one church for almost 1,100 years. I mean, fighting and all that sort of stuff, you know, and little groups breaking off. But just a block, the whole Eastern church, you know? No. And that set the stage. So, 600 years later, another break. And this one is nuclear fission. There's something like 7,000 sects now. Can you imagine if we were one? And if we thought alike, and if we really loved each other, we'd be helping all the poor in the world. And therefore, when we raise a voice about peace, or about any of these issues that are now uh, confusing people, um, same-sex marriage, abortion, these things, there would be one clear, calm voice making sense. And that would be a gift to the human race. Whether they all became Christian or not, they would at least retain a a deep dimension of their humanity. The devil knows that. And that's why he divides. Well, I painted the big picture of how the church, first east, west, and then north, south, divided. But it happens in every family. It happens in every parish. It happens in every marriage. The way to destroy is to divide. And therefore, we have to pay the price to stay together. We can't afford that. But if unity is not looked upon as a realizable ideal, we won't strive for it. We'll walk off. We'll hate. Or we'll even have war. I mean, look at the 40 years war and the 30 years war in Europe, between Christians, war, 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 to impose view partly, but also to get a hold of the money. At a certain point in that uh, split between the North and the South, Protestant Catholic split, it was more about more the rulers getting a hold of power and money, pushing the clergy around, than it was like a theological split, though it began as a theological split. It could have been patched up. Actually, in about 15, I thought it was 45 or 65, 45, I think, a group of Catholic theologians and bishops and a group of Lutheran theologians and bishops had worked out a statement on justification back in the 16th century. They would worked it out. And they ran to their respective leaders didn't want anything to do with it because they'd already made up their mind. They were going to split and that way they'd have power and money. And so what splits is the split. While we've got dogmatic issues to work out, the split was not religious, basically. It was power and money and both sides. It's uh, It's sin. So you see how important it is that we strive for unity, um, and it takes the wisdom of the Lord to bring about that kind of unity. You know, um, it. It's, um I'll tell you a story. I think I may have said this once before. Uh, years ago, I was heading up a discussion segment conference I guess it was between uh, uh, Muslims and and Catholics and the theme was forgiveness we both wanted that theme so I was since I was the chairman I was studying well I got a presentation like some of the others I was reading about forgiveness all over the place and I, I mean I found like in South Africa that any of the policemen who had been guilty of this oppression of the blacks who would acknowledge that they did it and didn't want to do it anymore could keep their job forgiveness that was um, Nelson Mandela Uh, if they denied they'd done anything well then they couldn't keep their job Uh, but if they could acknowledge it and uh, be sorry for it they could keep their job another was an American who was um, a soldier in the Philippines on the Bataan March and then interrogated by the Japanese and tortured to yield information and the interpreter was there to egg him on, to push him and to you know. Years later, I mean like fifty or more years later, that the old American was living in California, and he went to find that Japanese interpreter, and somehow he found him. And he said, I want to tell you I forgive you. Can you imagine? And the Japanese said, I really beg your pardon, I was wrong. And these two men made it up. And that was of a grievous, grievous suffering. And it doesn't say whether one or both or any of them were Christian, but they were moved by God toward unity, because unity is Godlike. You see how hard we have to work for unity? whether it be in the family, the parish, wherever. You see, the way uh, that Satan wins is divide and conquer. Then there's prejudice, there's hatred, there's all sorts of things. And now, uh, with issues like abortion and things like that, Christians are coming together again around an issue. And they're finding that they can love each other work with each other this is a step in the lord's plan to once for giving unity to the church and restoring the torn you know the, the maintaining the untorn robe of the lord